What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I'm your host, Dahani Joseph, and today we are recapping the NBA action from Friday, November 11th, 2022. We had an eight-game slate on Friday, and some interesting games from the standpoint of we see some playoff matchups, like a game against the Timberwolves and Grizzlies, and you also see some matchups that we saw in the past, but different iterations, for example, Cleveland versus Golden State the finals that they had, the multiple finals that they had year in and year out during the mid to late 2010s. And we see a team like the Kings um, getting some more wins, coming back from not necessarily the brink, but, you know, early on kind of struggling. I told you guys the Kings have talent. They just have to figure out how to put it all together. They're always in games. They're never getting blown out, so it's just a matter of time before they start winning games. And, hey, they won last night. Also saw some Knicks action, some Bucks action. Great action all around from the East-West as well. But let's get into all of it coming up right now. Going to the first game of the evening, we had the Orlando Magic versus the Phoenix Suns. In this one, it was Orlando victorious against Phoenix, which you wouldn't think necessarily that that would be the case. Of course, on any given night, a team can beat you, but Phoenix, a team that I think will come out the West this year, versus Orlando, a team that might be in the running for the first pick once again, you wouldn't see this coming, especially without their number one pick, Paolo Bancaro, in the lineup. But Orlando, they came through 114 to 97 in this one for their second straight one of the season. So credit to Orlando um, just for having the ability to stay the course. Both of these games were, were without Paolo. So that's impressive. He's their leading scorer, their number one option. So showing that they can win without him is not only a, a testament to their players and that they, they have real NBA players, but also to show that Paolo, you're not in this by yourself. And I think that's really important and critical when you talk about having a number one pick. Typically, they don't, they don't come into the best situations. They usually go into situations where they don't have the ability to really win right, right away due to their teammates not being that good, obviously, because the year before, they, they stunk it up, let's <laughs> be honest. So that's why they had the number one pick. In the case of Orlando, relatively same roster, but they have guys that have improved. You know, Wendell Carter Jr. ended the night with 20 and 10, five assists. Franz Wagner with 17 and six boards. Jalen Suggs, one of my favorite guys out of his draft class, 16 assists. I mean, excuse me, 16 points, five assists. They have good players. Terrence Ross with 14, 12 of his 14 came in the fourth quarter late. To sort of propel this victory for the Magic. On Phoenix's side, no Chris Paul once again due to his heel injury. Campaign had a team high 22 points. Devin Booker 17 and 6. 
overall, this is a great win for Orlando. Kind of a statement win that they can win without the number one pick. Four and three at home, so positive. So that's a good sign. You know, you want to win your home games, especially when you're, you're filling up seats at a relatively pretty high rate considering their team. 86% attendance for Amway Center. Pretty impressive. Maybe since Phoenix came into town, but, you know, being able to fill up seats is always important. So credit to the Magic. Trying to build something real, and a win like this definitely helps those chances. Next game, we have the Boston Celtics taking on the Denver Nuggets. And this one, Boston, victorious. Almost by 20 points, they beat the, the Denver Nuggets. 131 to 112. In this one, Jason Tatum and the Celtics taking down Denver for their fifth straight win. Currently 9-3 and three on the season. It's going to be interesting when the power rankings come out next week for me. We're going to see who's nearing the top. This was a key matchup in terms of power ranking spots. Because obviously if they had the same record coming in, if Denver had won, they would be 9-3. and three. Celtics would be 8-4. and four. So this was a key matchup. I think that if Boston was on the road, this one may have swung in the favor of Denver, maybe. But in any case, Boston won. Jason Tatum, he dropped 34 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists. Tatum on the year. Seventh time this game is the seventh time that Jason Tatum has had 30-plus points in the game. And they've only played 12 games up until this point. So you want to talk about MVP candidates when a guy is averaging 31.5 points per game, seven rebounds and four assists? My God. He is a superstar. He is... One of the best players in the NBA. And it's it's only going to improve from there. I'm, I'm recording this on Saturday. And uh, right now they're playing the Pistons currently. And a uh, little sneak peek. Uh, Tatum so far, he has 43 right now. So uh, that's a little something for you. So ne- next tomorrow night, you guys know what to expect. Another Jason Tatum spectacular appearance by him. Because... He was my MVP pick, MVP pick coming into the season, as you guys are well aware. It honestly depends on record at this point, man. It really does because Giannis is the front runner right now. Luca is second. I think that Tatum is putting up the type of numbers that are pretty comparable to both of them. And it all depends who has the best record. If Boston comes out and has the best record in the East, which I predicted they would. I predicted they would have 60-plus wins. I'm still... Saying that, their offense has been spectacular. Their defense gets to the point where they were last year. This team can definitely win 60-plus games. My friend Austin Barrick, we had him on the show before, he said, eh, that's a little, that's a little ambitious to, to say they'll have 60. No. I believe that this Boston Celtics team will have 60-plus wins for a simple fact that they know how to get to the finals now, and that does something for a team. And it's not like they have a bunch of old veterans. These guys are young still. Tatum is 24. Brown, if I'm not mistaken, 25, 26. Marcus Smart in the same age range. The only person that's, like, super old is Al Horford, and he doesn't even look that old the way he's playing recently. So take all that into consideration. This team, I don't know if they'll try and go for 60, 
but they can definitely go for 60. And if they have 60-plus wins, the only team that might be able to catch them is Milwaukee. And Phoenix, depending, but I don't think Phoenix will really go for that anymore just because they understand that's a marathon, not a sprint, especially after last postseason, the way that that ended for them. I think that Boston has a legitimate chance to be that number one seed, 60-plus win team. If that's the case with Jason Tatum as the best player on the team, one of the best players in the league, Tatum's going to win MVP. That's the formula. I'm sticking with it. Let's see what happens. Next game, we have the New York Knicks taking on the Detroit Pistons. Detroit basketball. Unfortunately, they lost to the New York Knicks, 121-112. to And this one, R.J. Barrett dropped 30 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds in the victory. And again, I always told you guys with R.J. Barrett, he can drop 20s. It doesn't matter to me if he doesn't shoot well from three-point range. It's that simple. And this one... So 3 of 8 from 3-point range, not quite 50%, but 3 of 8, I'll take that for RJ, who that's really his sole kind of like weakness right now on his, on his offensive game because he can get to the line. Field goal percentage, too, is sometimes an issue, but he gets good looks in the system. I will say that. He gets good looks. He's shooting 38% from 3 on the night. But I'll take that. I'll take that as a Knicks fan. I'm not a Knicks fan, but I'll take that regardless if I were a Knicks fan. Um, RJ, excuse me, not RJ Barrett. Jalen Brunson, 26 points, 7 assists, 4 seals on the evening. J- Julius Randle chipped in 21 as well, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. That big 3 that they have going on there sort of carried them throughout the evening. And yeah, they have supplementary pieces. Nobody else scored in double figures, but I mean, when their top 3 guys score 77, you don't need that. You just need people to play good defense and hit the open shots. For Detroit, eight players on their team scored double figures, so almost the opposite of that. No Cade Cunningham in the lineup. Put that into perspective. Bogdanovich had 25. Jaden Ivey, the rookie, only had 10. Isaiah Stewart had 13. Sadiq Bey had 11. 17 for Alex Burks. Amadou Diallo had 13. Killian Hayes had 11. Isaiah Levers had 11 as well in the loss. Losing effort. Maybe if Cade Cunningham was there, it might have changed the outlook for this game. 0 of 7 on the road for this Detroit Pistons team, which it makes sense. They're, they're rather young, kind of inexperienced. But at the same time, you know, they have talent. Similar to the Orlando situation, like, these guys have talent. It's just putting it all together. That's that's the ingredient. That's what they have to do. Next up, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder taking on the Toronto Raptors. And this one, Oklahoma City was victorious 132-113. to And this one, we have, and I'm going to try not to butcher his name, Eugene Omori. Omorui. A second-year player out of Toronto. Scored a career-high 22 against... His hometown team, that was a pretty special moment there. Off the bench, mind you, 22 led all scores for Oklahoma City. Chagos Alexander had 20 himself, 13 for Lou Dort, 14 for Pokusevsky, 17 for Aaron Wiggins, and 15 for Josh Giddy. Off the bench as well, you had Jalen Williams and Terrence Mann, 10, 13, respectively. For Toronto, 
this one, still no Pascal Siakam, who was a, a leading MVP candidate the time he was playing. But this one, they just didn't have enough offense and the defense really to, to stop this team from scoring at the rate that they were. Scotty Barnes with 15, Fred Van Vliet with 15, 13 for OG Adenobi, 20 off the bench for Chris Boucher, 12 boards as well. Shout out to Chris Boucher. That's one thing I will say about Toronto. They develop people, players, really well. I mean, you want to talk about Chris Boucher, like, before, like, he was with this Toronto squad, what he was doing, and, like, just limited role. You know, this is his fifth season. But as as he got more minutes, you know, 2020-2021, averaged 24 minutes in most of his career, he made the most of it, averaged nearly 14.7 boards, two blocks a game. I mean, that's pretty great. And he's only 29, you know, right in his prime right now. A lot of these players that Toronto has, if, if they were on other teams, man, they they would be really good pieces for a championship. I mean, like, you go down the list, OG Anobi, Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., uh, even Thad Young, who's on this roster. Don't hear his name too much, but Thaddeus Young, Chris Boucher. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. obviously just won a championship. But this whole roster is filled with guys that you would want on a championship team. The only thing is they don't have that superstar like they had when they had Kawhi Leonard. If Kawhi Leonard was on this team right now and he was healthy, because that's the only caveat with Kawhi, right? We know his skill set, but he's not always healthy. But when he is healthy... If he was on this team, easily, this team is a championship contender. Easily. Because they have all the requisite pieces to contend. They have the depth. They have the wing size. They have the three-point shooting. They have everything you would need. Pascal Siakam has proven to be a more than capable number two option. He's gotten better since that championship run in 2019. I see no reason why this team had one star, one superstar, excuse me. That they would be right in that title mix in the Eastern Conference. Which begs the question, why did they not... Maybe they did try and go for Kevin Durant when he was available. They probably would have had to trade away Scotty Barnes. They may have had to trade away a few of their other young pieces. So maybe they wouldn't have quite the depth that they have now. But Kevin Durant is averaging 30. You put him on this roster next to Pascal Siakam? Mm, That sounds like a pretty good championship court to me. Next game, we have the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the San Antonio Spurs. And in this one, the Spurs taking care of business against the Milwaukee Bucks. Granted, Milwaukee, they they were uh, riddled, riddled with injuries. Giannis was out. Drew Holiday was out. Obviously, Chris Middleton has been out for a while. Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, Joe Ingles, and A.J. Green. So that's essentially like what? They're the top eight? Players, essentially. Top six, seven players in there that just weren't in the game. So, San Antonio did what they were supposed to do. They came out and beat the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, no offense to these guys, but when you have a starting lineup of Bobby Portis, Jordan Awara, Brooke Lopez, Javon Carter, and Marjan Bootchamp, you're only going to win so many games, and this one was not one of them. Keldon Johnson led the way for the Spurs with 29 points, 9 of 17 from the field, and 5 of 8 from the three-point range. 
Devin Vassell chipped in 22, five rebounds on the evening. 15 and 10 for Jakob Podol. Again, this Spurs team, I don't think they're going to tank. It doesn't look like it, at least right away. But they have some guys. They have some pieces in place. They still need that superstar. I, I guess you got to let them just develop, see what Keldon Johnson is. Maybe he can become an all-star. We, we saw what they did with DeJounte Murray over the years. We understand what they did with Kawhi Leonard. That's, that's how he became Kawhi. He wasn't, if he's on any other team, I don't think he would have became the guy that he became. The Spurs culture, Spurs coaching staff, training staff, that's a real thing. And I'm going to keep my eye on one, Keldon Johnson, two, Devin Vassell, and three, Jeremy Sohan. You look at Jeremy Sohan, rookie out of Baylor, 6'8", 220, long wingspan. Apparently, it was born one day after me. That's all you need to know. <laughs> no. Seven points, four rebounds, two assists, but a hard worker. Loves playing defense. Sounds familiar? I think it does. I think you put him... In the Spurs system, give him time to develop an offense off the dribble. You give him the tools that he needs to be effective. The Spurs have done it time and time again, man. If you doubt them, I'm I'm shocked because they've done some great things over the years with players. Don't be surprised if one of those three, Jeremy Sohan, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, are an all-star, all-star plus in the near future. Next up, we have the Memphis Grizzlies taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota losing this one. Grizzlies were too much to handle, 114 to 103. And for this game, um, I always thought this would be another, like we would see this matchup again in the postseason. Maybe as a semifinal, I thought both of them would improve and they would end up in the semis, more so on the Minnesota standpoint. Because when you have Rudy Gobert, Anthony Edwards supposed to take that third-year leap to superstardom. So far, it hasn't turned out that way. You still have Carl Anthony Towns, who's an All-NBA center, and the pieces they have around those three. I thought Minnesota was going to be a top four or five seed. It still can happen, sure. Right now, they're five and eight, as opposed to Memphis nine and four, which we kind of expected, just because Memphis, the season they had last year, they have more cohesion. Players are getting better, but. Yeah, I, I'm kind of disappointed by Minnesota so far. 13 games in. Look at their roster. I mean, starting five alone, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, who I really like as a 3 and D player. D'Lo, D'Lo on the evening, four points, eight assists, two of eight. That's not going to get done. Anthony Edwards showed up, 28 points. Six assists, six rebounds. That's what he should be averaging on this year. Yes, he is more than capable of doing that every single night, plus high-level defense. Cat, quiet night for Cat. 13 points, four assists, 10 rebounds, but he should be averaging 25. Rudy Gobert, 15, six rebounds, no blocks. Uh, You know, you get what you get with him. Kyle Anderson, a veteran off the bench, a Spurs guy. 11, seven rebounds, four assists, one steal and a block. Perfect. Can't get nothing more. Bryn Forbes, 10 points, 2 of 3. That's perfect. Torian Finney. I'm not, I don't want to say Dorian Finney. So if Torian Prince, 
five points. He can maybe at like eight, nine from him, but he's a specialist, three and D guy. Like they have dudes on this team that can really play. But so far they just haven't gotten it together. I'm not sure if it's an internal issue. I don't know what it is, but they seem at the talent to really make some noise in the West, if I'm being honest with you. But for Memphis, they are a team that is loaded right now, top to bottom, one of the best teams in terms of talent in the NBA, I think. When you have an all-star backcourt and John Moran, Desmond Bain, I'm also very happy to see that the day after I said Desmond Bain was an all-star, I see John Moran say it on uh, in the post-game presser after this game. He said, Desmond Bain is an all-star. I'm like, yeah, I, I knew that. <laughs> I called it first, so glad to see that. Um, Bain with 24, five assists, three boards. Ja again, 28 and 10, a solid play from them. Dylan Bristol, 21 and 4. Santi Aldama, 20, excuse me, 12 points, 7 rebounds. Brandon Clark, 15. This team, man, 10 deep legitimately. 11 deep if you really want to once Jaron Jackson Jr. gets back. Gaining playoff experience from last season for the guys that were there. I think that if Josh stays healthy, they can easily go to the Western Conference Finals. They are that talented, that deep. It can be a Grizzlies-Suns Conference Finals. I'd watch that. And I think whoever wins is more than deserving to go to the NBA Finals to face whether it be Milwaukee, whether it be Boston, who I think will actually win the whole thing. We'll see, but Grizzlies... Very high ceiling for this year. Championship year. Next up, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Golden State Warriors. And this one, Golden State. They took this one 106-101. to Cleveland on a three-game losing streak after starting the season with eight straight. Not eight eight straight. Excuse me. Eight wins in a row. And this one, Steph Curry. Supernova. Superhuman effort by him. 40 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds, 6 of 11 from 3, 15 of 23. Now, these are the moments that really make you consider just, like, how great a player is. I'm going to read these stats for you real quick. Seth Curry, over the last three games, 42 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds, excuse me, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 65%. From the field, 55% from three-point range over the last three games for Wardell Stephen Curry. He's on another level. He is sensational, one of the best players in the game. I think with Giannis and, and Luka, all these young guys, we kind of forget the Stephs of the world, the KDs of the world. We're always tuned in to the youngins. And I'm I'm guilty. I'm guilty of it. I'm not going to say I'm not guilty of it, but Steph Curry is reminding the world he is still that dude. He is still a top five player in the game. And the only reason why he's not getting more love is because Golden State under 500 right now. Nobody expected this. We thought more of the same from last year. They would have a great chance to repeat. But so far, not the case. But Steph proving that he still has a lot in the tank, even though he's in his mid-30s now. Andrew Wiggins shipped in 20, Jordan Poole 18 off the bench, Anthony Lamb 10, 
on the Cleveland side, third straight loss, like I mentioned, after starting with eight straight wins, 29, 10 rebounds, nine assists, near triple-double for Donovan Mitchell, 15 and eight for Darius Garland. Darius Garland struggling again from the field, 5 and 19, 1 to 5 from three-point range. Evan Mobley with 20 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, two blocks. I love that. Whenever I get that type of double-double from Evan Mobley, I'm happy as a fan of his because I know what he can produce. I know his potential, and that is what I'm looking for in here, too. But overall, Cleveland, they need to get a victory to get back in the win column. They don't want to start losing too much. They're going to have to figure out a few things. Even though it's still defensively, they're great. Slipping a bit, but... Still a really good defensive team. Offensively, they're still really good, too. They just got to figure it out. I'm sure they will. They have a really good coach in J.B. Bickerstaff. They have really great players, obviously. Going on an eight-game win streak has to be some type of good. So it's only a matter of time before they truly figure it out and go on a few runs on their own. Lastly, the final game of this evening, we have the Sacramento Kings taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. And this one, the Sacramento Kings, I told you guys, man. I told you guys. and <laughs> It's so funny. Uh, I, I just saw Austin text me while I was doing this. He said, your Tatum MVP take is really strong right now. Shout out to Austin, man. We're going to have him back on the show soon. <laughs> but, yeah, Tatum's looking great right now. But we're not talking about Tatum right now. We're talking about the Kings and the Lakers. Kings beating the Los Angeles Lakers 120-114. to Lakers, fifth straight loss for them. First, before I get into the Lakers, let's get into the Kings because the Lakers are a whole issue unto themselves. I'm so happy for the Kings, man. They're winning more games. You know, they're they're winning the, the close ones. Won their last two. Lakers and Cavaliers could have won against the Warriors. But nonetheless, the Sacramento Kings team, they have talent, man. De'Aaron Fox, watch out for him to be an all-star this year in the West. 32 points, 12 assists, 7 rebounds on the evening for Fox, averaging 26-5-6. He's just a beast of a guard. He always has been, but this year especially, he's turned it up early. He usually gets going in December or January. Now he's here. Ready, started the season, and he's showing out, showing that he's one of the best guards in the league. He's just been playing in a situation in Sacramento where they haven't done too much winning. They're trying to change that culture now. DeMontis Abone is trying to change that with 21, 10, and 6. Harrison Barnes with 13. Keegan Murray, two points. I need more from you, Keegan. Not looking good for rookie of the year, but Kevin Hurd with 16. Davis with 12. 10 for Metu. Bam. Kings are, Kings are on their way up. A team that is not on their way up. The Los Angeles Lakers, 2-10 after 12 games. I said this earlier in the season that they go 1-11. That is an accomplishment. They're 2-10, so whoopee. Great for the Los Angeles Lakers. I want to get into this topic. No LeBron James in this one because of the calf injury or leg injury that he sustained, groin, whatever you want to call it, in the previous matchup where he left the game early. Anthony Davis, 24 points, 14 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks. That's great. Losing effort, but great. Westbrook off the bench, 21 points, 11 assists, 4 rebounds. Great counting stats. 
Lonnie Walker of 19. The Los Angeles Lakers have failed LeBron James. They have failed him by not getting him the pieces that he needs to win a championship. They understand that he is aging. He is in his mid-30s now, moving towards his late 30s. The track record for NBA players, athletes in general going to their late 30s, isn't the best. Tom Brady and some other quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers are the lone exception, even though they don't look too good right now in their respective situations. For LeBron James, he, of course, one of the best players in the league still at his advanced age. We all understand the greatness that LeBron James brings to the table at age 37, okay? Averaging 25, 8, and 7. Great numbers, man. And his 19th, 20th year. You can't ask more from him. What you can ask more of is when you look at this roster. I mean, Patrick Beverly, he's cool. Troy Brown Jr., eh. Thomas Bryant, Max Christie, Wenyan Gabriel, like Dennis Schroeder, Matt Ryan. These these aren't dudes that you think of when you think of LeBron James in championship. You think of a Kyle Corvers of the world. You think of J.R. Smiths. You think of the Kyrie Irvings. You think of the Channing Fries. You think going back to the Heat days, the Ray Allens of the world, the Shane Battiers, Mike Millers of the world. Shooting. Shooting is what this team needs and what they lack currently. Every LeBron James championship team had significant shooting on their squad to help facilitate what LeBron James is best at. Playmaking. That is his best attribute. No matter how great of a finisher he is, no matter how great of a scorer, he's chasing Kareem for the number one scorer in NBA history. But LeBron James is a premier passer of the basketball. Magic Johnson-esque. John Stockton, Chris Blake, all of them combined. That's what LeBron James is and has always been in his career. He so happens to be an athletic super freak, 6'9", locomotive machine, but you cannot do what the Lakers have done and surround him with non-shooting. And another thing on LeBron James, he may have failed himself too with signing this extension that he now has that's keeping him in Los Angeles. Let me double check, but I'm not mistaken. For the next three years, you cannot, for LeBron James recently in his career, he has never like signed extensions. It's always like one year deals, two year deals. Just for him to not really be in control of the situation anymore, it's kind of shocking. And, you know, give LeBron the benefit of the doubt. He's been amazing during his career. He's on the team now. He has a player option in 2024, 2025 for $58 million. That's a lot. But at the same time, you're not going to win this year. Probably not going to win next year. Does Anthony Davis get traded? Maybe. Does Westbrook get traded? Maybe. Do even LeBron? Do you get traded? I don't know. But if he did not sign this contract, if he was going to be a free agent this year, that would have changed everything. He would have had a chance to win another ring. I do not think LeBron James is winning a ring anymore. No more rings for LeBron James. It's over. It's done. The 2020 championship was the last ring LeBron James will win in his career. I want to say as a Laker, but considering that his time is running thin, 
the next three years, he'll be 40. He'll be 40 in the next three years. I don't see it happening. I'm sorry, LeBron. Four rings is great. You're not getting five, and you're not touching MJ with six. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode of the From Downtown Podcast. I had a great time recording it. Please make sure you guys rate five stars so more people can see it as we move up on the algorithm. Also, share it with family and friends. I was really hyped today to just talk about the Lakers in particular because it's kind of crazy when you really think about how the Lakers have basically just put such a stranglehold on LeBron James' twilight years in the NBA. After winning the title in 2020, kind of just trading all their shooting, a lot of their guys for Russell Westbrook, and that sort of just messed them up. That was really what caused it. Trading Kuzma, trading KCP. They had a good thing going, man, and they messed it up. LeBron also leaving, excuse me, re-signing rather, instead of leaving and free agency. That was sort of his fault, and that messed things up for him, so... The Lakers in a in a bit of a rut right now. We'll see how that goes, how that plays itself out. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Until next time, gal. Take care.